APJ listeners, hello. Thanks for joining us again. Today, we talk about warfare singing. Yes, warfare singing. It emerges from an amazing moment uh, in a battle chronicled for us in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. There we're given a scene where Judah's king, Jehoshaphat, is under attack by foreign nations. And from the worries of war, Jehoshaphat set aside time to pray and fast and lead the people in worshiping God. And then he directed worshipers to walk in front of the army and to sing this, Give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. And when they began to sing and praise, verse 22 says, The Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so that they were routed. Incredible. Singing is not just how we respond to God's grace. Singing is power for battle. When we sing, the Holy Spirit works. And that's the theme of a classic John Piper sermon titled, Ambushing Satan with Song. It was preached on January 20th, 1995, and here is my favorite clip. Singing is not merely a response to grace. Singing is a means of grace. Singing is power. When you sing, the Holy Spirit comes and does something. Now, if you have read the book that we've been trying to sell, Dick Eastman's book, The Hour That Changes the World. There's a little chapter in there on singing and your personal devotions, and he tells some stories in there. You would have remembered two of them. One is of Mary Schlosser, who was a missionary to China, and it says that Mary used to say, I sing the doxology and dismiss the devil. And Amy Carmichael, without any connection with Mary Schlosser, as far as I know, used to say, I believe truly that Satan cannot endure it, and so slips out of the room, more or less, when there is a true song. Then listen to Martin Luther. Next, after theology, I give to music the highest place and the greatest honor. I would not change what little I know of music for something great. Experience proves that next to the word of God only, music deserves to be extolled as the mistress and governess of the feelings of the human heart. We know that to the devils, music is distasteful and insufferable. My heart bubbles up and overflows in response to music, which has so often refreshed me and delivered me from dire plagues. Just like David did for Saul, remember, again and again. It's no wonder that Satan does his best to keep us from being a singing church. Satan does his best to keep you from being a singing person. I don't think these testimonies of Mary Schlosser and Amy Carmichael and Martin Luther, and I could add William Law and Jonathan Edwards, I just was collecting a whole bunch of them yesterday. I don't think they are pious platitudes. That sort of mean, well, of course, everybody feels a little better when they sing. Sort of an emotional pill that you can take to add spice to your worship. I don't think that's what they mean. I think what they are saying is strictly and terribly true. Satan flees before the spiritual singing of God's people. And I'll tell you a story why I'm so convinced of that. Four years ago, I got a phone call. 10.30 at night, and the person on the other end said, there's a woman in this apartment who is demon-possessed. Would you come over? All right, I'll come over. I called Tom Steller on the phone. Tom, would you go with me? 
Sure, we go, wives stay home and pray. I don't know what we'll find. What we find is an apartment with about five young Christian women and one young man who will not let this woman out of this apartment. Glazed eyes, bitter, with a little penknife in her hand, threatening. For two hours, I talk to this woman, read scripture, and read prayers of deliverance. It comes to a head where she becomes, starts getting very violent. She knocks the Bible out of my hand. She rips the paper out of my hand. She pounds on my back. About one o'clock in the morning, when the word of God and the force of evil were at their fever pitch, one of those young women started to sing. And what they sang was the, the little phrase, Alleluia. And she became vicious threatened everyone if we wouldn't stop singing. She fell on the ground, screamed for Satan not to leave her, went into convulsions, and then went limp. When she came to, she didn't have any idea what had happened. She was willing to take the Bible and read Romans 8 and pray with us. So if you tell Tom and me that battle with Satan in song is a kind of pious pill, we'll say for us that night, it felt like life and death. And it has ever since had that quality about it. It ought to have that quality about it in the church. I believe that when God moves us to sing from the, from the Holy Spirit, Satan is frustrated in our midst. But 10 minutes of song at the beginning of a time of prayer banishes Satan. It has great Power. Don't let Satan deceive you out of that power or privilege by saying, I can't sing. Some of you are thinking that right now. I can't sing. That's not true. You can sing. Everybody in this room can sing. Not everybody can sing well. And not everybody can lead. And not everybody can perform. And not everybody can stay on the notes. Everybody can sing. If you've got a four-year-old and they come home from Sunday school and... They say, got a song. Can I sing you a song, Daddy? Sure. And what comes out of their mouth is three songs, three tunes, and four sets of lyrics. <laughs> All jumbled up. And they stop. <laughs> what do you feel like? You know what you feel like? There's a song in my son's heart. That's all you feel. And if somebody comes along and says, that's a lousy song. You would do just what God did to Moab. You'd flatten them. <laughs> or you'd shake the jam. You see, when God hears his children sing, he looks around and says, where's an enemy? <laughs> you don't have to worry about whether you can sing or not. If you're a daddy and you've ever heard a four-year-old sing, you'll sing. That clip was taken from John Piper's sermon on 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1 to 25, titled Ambushing Satan with Song, preached on January 20th, 1985. The whole message, a classic, is available in the sermon archive right now, free of charge at DesiringGod.org.
This is a clip I found while just listening to Pastor John's sermons. And if you have a favorite sermon clip of Pastor John's that you found, send it to me. I'd love to hear it. Give me the title of the sermon and the timestamps from the audio of when the clip begins and ends. Tell me why it impacted you. Give me your name and the closest city to you and email me all of that information at askpastorjohn at desiringgod.org and put the word clip in the subject line if you would, please. Well, it's not uncommon to hear that people listen and read Pastor John's content as a shortcut and a replacement for their own personal Bible study. And that is a big no-no. Pastor John himself will explain why next time on Friday. I'm your host, Tony Ranke. I'll see you then.